Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners. And all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and also highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Hi, welcome back. I am so excited to announce this week's interview. It is with Jenna, who is a physical therapist in Spokane, Washington. We met in college and then she ended up living in the area that I grew up in. So it was kind of, it was fun for me to, to reconnect with her and to talk about her experiences cooking for one. We, we talked a little bit about, um, getting creative in the kitchen, uh, dinner groups, which I guess is the theme for, <laughs> for May. And then also about, um, about finding enjoyment with food and eating for one. So I'm excited for you to, to hear this interview and enjoy. Sounds good. All right, Jenna, thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so let's start by talking a little bit about what it was like eating at your house growing up. Tell me a couple of experiences that you've had. Okay, um, so my mom cooked most nights um, and then my dad would cook Sundays. He Did you ever hear of the show Iron Chef? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my dad, so he had served in Japan and we like, we ended up as a family eating a ton of Japanese food growing up too, but like Iron Chef had orig- originally been this Japanese show. So he would always watch it. And then he would have like Iron Chef Sundays where he would make ridiculous things. Um, most of the time they were really good when they weren't, then they would have date night the next day and he'd say, well, it'll be better the second day. Good luck. <laughs> like, no! That's um, really funny. <laughs> But I, it was the worst. We, that was when we like, yeah, ordered a pizza. We're like, we're not eating that chowder again. Um, but, but yeah, so that's kind of how it worked. And my mom, yeah, so my mom was kind of the main, um, main person doing the cooking in the home. And, um, but then we, we would cook a lot like with her. And one of my first memories of us cooking is we had this giant, like giant metal bowl. Um, and so we'd come together all a uh, family and, uh, have you ever had pot stickers like those Japanese pot stickers? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we love them in my family. I remember making like that's my food, first food memory is just this giant bowl and all like my whole family gathered around the table and just making like ridiculous amounts of pot stickers. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, it's been fun. And then growing up, like there's a stage that my little brother wanted to be a chef, and so he and I then like for years for Christmas, that was our thing is like my gift to him was you pick a recipe, like I will pay for all the food and then no one else gets to be in the kitchen. Like it's just you and me and we would spend time together that way. And, um, so, so food has been kind of like a love language in my family growing up. Like that's time to spend together. That's when like, you know, like if, something's going wrong and I don't know what else to say. Well, I can make food and get it to you. And that's kind of, kind of how my mom was and kind of how I am too. So that's kind of my family food background. I love that. So I'm curious if your dad did these like iron chef meals, um, Uh, 
how how has create i mean how has that influenced the way that you cook now i mean do you do you try anything like that i'm just curious about that um i am a little more of a recipe person than um my dad was in those situations mm-hmm. i think in part, like i wish i was more adventurous um and i will change things up like i don't have to like i don't have to follow the recipe exactly if especially if i'm comfortable with that general type of dish. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially when I'm trying something for the first time, like I don't, I don't quite do what he does where it's like, all right, here's an ingredient. Like, cause that's how the show is. You have a mystery ingredient and you have to come up with some shenanigan based off of it. And that's not always my go-to, especially since I've been in school for seven years. And so you, you know, like I don't like lavishly, like, like let's buy some halibut and then like, hope that my culinary skills are up to it. Like I, I was very protective of the ingredients I would buy. And so I kind of was more, more recipe focused than my dad. Um, yeah. But then we always tease him too. Cause then one of the very best things he ever made was these like crab cakes with this sauce. He has no idea how to like recreate it. And so, yeah. yeah. And so to avoid teasing as we have teased him, I, have to be able to recreate things. And so I just use recipes instead of kind of how my dad goes about it. But Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, I mean, it's nice to be able to kind of play around with what you have or get creative in whatever way you want. But yeah, without having something to follow or without having written it down, like you can't replicate it. And so it doesn't right. matter how, I mean, it does matter how good it is, but it's not something that you could enjoy looking forward. (laughs) I had a roommate that um, didn't really like soup. She wasn't really a soup person, but I made this potato soup just kind of doing that of, okay, what do I have? Like, let's try it. And she loved it. And she would always ask me, like, if she got sick, I'd say, hey, like, I'd love to make you something. What would you like? Can you make your potato soup? I could never replicate it. Like, I don't know what it was that she liked about it. But so then that kind of made me sad too. I'm like, dang it. Like I need to have some kind of base. Cause yeah, I could never get back to that either. So yeah. Isn't it interesting how that happens? Cause sometimes, I mean, I might be imagining like the wrong thing, but potato soup is pretty simple, but it, you know, just one right. ingredient or like one, I don't know, just a little bit of extra seasoning or something can make a big difference. Uh-huh. Well, and the problem is too, like potato soup is really basic. So if you go and do like, so then if you did a Google search for it, how many different recipes of potato soup are coming up? Oh my gosh. And so, so many. That, yeah. So that was a difficult one too, where it was like, well, it's like a shout into the wind. Like, I don't even know what kind of, like, was there cheese in the soup? Was there Italian sausage in the soup? Like, I just have no idea. And so, <laughs> yeah. It was it was really sad, and she stopped asking me for it oh. because it just wasn't working. What do you do? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, so I'm curious. Um, you we talked about cooking, and it sounds like you like cooking. Is that correct? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you like about cooking for one and eating for one. That sounds weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, I think I, so, okay. Especially having been in school, um, I think one of the things that originally had got me, I guess, to do more cooking for one is the fact that it was cheaper for me than going out. Um, and then not going to lie, like since my parents cooked a bunch growing up, I 
don't like to go out often because they cooked better than that, mm-hmm. you know? And so then I'm like paying $15 for a meal that my parents could have made better or like I could have made better. Um, and so that's kind of what got me started with it. Um, but then I, I like being able to control kind of what, what I'm eating too, especially, um, like as I would realize like, okay, like my mom's really sensitive to salt. So then realizing, okay, now I can make things that don't have a lot of salt in it. Cool. I can control that. Whereas I couldn't really in a restaurant, um, or I don't know, like getting to, to use new ingredients. Like it's, I like being adventurous. Like that sounds adventurous to me. Like somehow, like when I'm using a new squash and I was like, ha ha, never used this squash, but now I can do it. Cause I get to play around with, you know, a recipe or, um, or I don't know. It sounds silly too, that to me, there's like a sense of pride in being able to say like, Oh yeah, I made like, I made homemade, uh, like I stress cook sometimes. So oh, one yeah. time when I did a study for neuro in grad school, I homemade, um, Indian samosas and I think two kinds of curry. Oh wow. In one evening. Oh, it took five hours. Like it was this whole big ordeal. Um but and it's it so much totally better than done. studying. <laughs> right? And that was what yeah, that's what I thought. But then I would share it with people and they're like, Oh, these are good. I'm like, thanks, like I made them and they're like, What? And I'm like, I know, what can I say? So I think that as silly as it sounds, that was another thing too that drove me to like enjoying to cook for myself is like realizing, okay, if I want to be able to like have people know that like, okay, I, I can cook too. Like I have to practice it, but, but yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't think that's silly. It, it feels so like Michael Pollan. If you're familiar with him, he has, he's a, a journalist and a, an, a writer and he writes about food and his whole thing is like about, kind of the whole process of cooking and there's a lot more to it, but just that connection to the food that you can get Mm -hmm. so much more of when you cook, prepare, even when you, you know, like hunt or gather on your own and you don't Mm -hmm. get that when you get something out to eat. And obviously there's like benefits and drawbacks for both sides, but there, I mean, that's a real true thing, especially if it's something that you're, like really excited about, and especially when it turns out good, <laughs> right? And it's really yeah. like it's you know you can just like sit back and just kind of bask in in what it is that you made, and that's <laughs> it's super skills. yeah, it's super rewarding. Mm-hmm. But if you were to go and get something good at a restaurant, and you know, I mean, I've eaten, I think I've eaten more like delicious food out than I can make myself at certain places. And you can't, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't replicate that. But at the same time, again, there's just that added connection. And um, I don't, it is, it's a special thing. If you like cooking, it's a great, it's a great thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about kind of cooking at for yourself and what's normal with that. So do you want to tell me a little bit about um, eating at, you know, for yourself during the week? What, what kinds of things do you cook? What? planning or all that stuff. Okay. Um, so I have, um, I have Mondays off. So a lot of times like either Monday will be my planning or my planning a cooking day, or there's a Winco on the way home from it. And that's, I love Winco. I love it so much. And yeah, cheapest place to shop. So if I had been at the temple, then like then Saturday becomes my like planning day. Um, so I can grab everything on the way home. Um, 
but then I kind of plan out doing like two major, um, two major entrees because I had a family of six. So I'm used to like when mom would then turn it over to, okay, I'm going to cook. I'm used to cooking for about six people. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll do two entrees normally during the week. Um, and so then that will get me through all of like lunches and dinners. Um, and then I'll just kind of add in variety for like for snacks and for breakfast and things like that. Um, a lot of the stuff I make, um, a lot of it is like, there's like, I have so much rice. Um, oh yeah. But, oh yeah. Well, cause I eat a lot of Japanese food. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Like just last night I had a friend over and we had been working on some like meal planning things and we both were hungry. So I'm like, Hey, let's whip up, like, let's whip up one of my favorite recipes. It'll take like 20 minutes. And, you know, so I have definitely some tried and true ones. Um, that, yeah, that I like to eat those a lot, or um, I, I don't know, they're kind of, um, my cooking's kind of all over the board sometimes, but I like to use a lot of vegetables when I can, um, and I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm a financial vegetarian, where oh, like, yeah. meat is so expensive. It can, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of times then, yeah, I'll try, you know, making stir fries or things like that, that have a lot of good fresh ingredients, but maybe no meat just so like keep costs down. But but yeah, so I do kind of a lot of stuff like that. And then like I have a, a crock pot that I like to use for especially like soups and stews and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that I'll, I'll make big batches of, but Oh, that's smart. Well, and I think too, because I the last person I interviewed, who was also from Spokane. Now we're bringing up the, up the Spokane connections, but um, we were talking about that too. And I, at least for me, like, yeah, I've I can you can save so much money by eating more plants. And that's you know not to say that you have to you know not eat meat or whatever. It's it's really up to you and your own preferences. But it's a really easy way to save um, money and also meat, I don't know, a lot of plant-based proteins, and I'm specifically talking about like grains, especially ones you can get that are, have been prepared to some degree, and, uh-huh. but really beans, <laughs> like beans yeah. and like edamame, things like that, they don't take any time to prepare. So if you want to make something in 10 minutes and mm-hmm. like actually cook it and all of that stuff, like that's a really great option if you're starting from quote unquote scratch. Yeah. So there are a lot of benefits to that. And I think that's something that has a stigma associated with it and it doesn't need to. Um, yeah. It's good to eat all sorts of different foods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's cool. So you make a couple things during the week and then um, eat those throughout the week. And we talked, so we talked about this a little bit before we, I started recording, but we talked uh-huh. a little bit about how, um, you know, it's nice to be able to not have to worry about that, about like having to cook all the time, you know, every single yeah. day, but at the same time it can get super repetitive. So yeah. I'm asking you something that I didn't um, give you any warning to. So if you don't have an answer, that's Go okay. But ha- do you have any ideas of how, um, or something that you've done that has helped to kind of cut down on that, the repetition there without adding a ton of extra um, time to have to cook? Um, things that I've done in the past, like we, we had mentioned a little bit, um, beforehand too, like I have started freezing some stuff. And so yeah. if, you know, I'm like, Oh cool. If I could make that into part of the habit. So then there's, you know, a, maybe a couple more entrees and, but 
not added cooking time or mm-hmm. um in the past I it was one of my favorite things I got to do with my roommates um when I was in grad school we we would kind of add variety in by we would each take a week um and each week like that person would make then a big meal so probably about six servings and there were three of us total so that gave you two entrees that were different um, just during the week that you didn't have to cook if it wasn't your cooking week. Um, and so I had really liked that because then like one, one roommate, like she grew up in Dallas, but was originally from Peru. And then, you know, so we kind of, and then another roommate also from Dallas, but she had different tastes. And so we had variety there just in, okay, well, what would this person choose versus this person? And then I didn't have to cook it. Or, or, you know, when you cook for friends, you want to cook something new. And so yeah. then that gave me an opportunity to, to try new things. And um, so that had been really helpful is just, okay, add in, adding in more variety by me not being the cook. Um, and so I, I have a, my friend and I have a food plan that we're coming up with for this next month. Um, and so that's one thing that she and I are going to do um, is that we're going to kind of divide the cooking out a little bit. Um, so there will be more variety, uh, but not having to cook it every night. I work 10 hours of a day. And so that to me, like coming home and then each night having like a long time of cooking, it just kind of had burnt me out. And so, oh, totally. yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I, I like that, especially if you have people that you're living with and ha- like trust their cooking abilities or their taste at least. <laughs> well, and that like, makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of, I don't know, it's kind of helpful with this friend too, that I, I think we're going for similar, similar things. Like we mm. like eating kind of some of the similar stuff. Yeah. So I know that there, you know, there will be vegetables in it. There will be like, it will be a, a healthy meal. And I'm like, Good. Let's do. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, and just your fla- like flavor preference. Excuse yeah. me. Flavor preferences too might be kind of similar because I, I, mm-hmm. I participated in a jigger group once while I was in college, and it was a disaster. Oh, <laughs> and it, you know, I mean, it just it just makes you realize like how differently everybody cooks, which is fine. Yeah. But it's important if you're gonna make something work to have you know to have the same investment in it, but also have similar taste preferences. You know, if you have, you know, certain things that certain people make that you just don't like, like that's not going to work and vice versa. Yeah. So, so I think that's really important and it's nice to be able to live with people that you know and trust and to be able to do that with them too. So that's great. Well, and it's fortunate that we, so we had done a study group together, she and I, and we would take turns cooking for that. And oh, I've cool. already flopped making a meal. Like I had made this really good minestrone soup and then put slices of lemon in it because that's what it said. But I left it overnight and it turned the whole thing acidic and it tasted like earwax. So <laughs> fortunately, like we've already dealt with like, okay, well, what happens if there's a really bad thing? Like now she'll tell me. So I don't worry so much about us cooking together because I'm like, if it's bad, like at least I'll know. I can change it up. So that's good. Yeah. Well, and with that said, it's kind of a fine line between you know, like expectations and also like being, giving yourself grace, I guess, because, uh, that was you know, so bad that we couldn't eat it. Yeah. Was, and like, it's part no, of the process. Work with that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's part of the process. And I think if you have somebody that you trust, 
Yeah. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to other people too. Um, yeah. I got sucked into watching Jennifer Garner's, what is it? Pretend cooking show. Oh my gosh. It's so funny, but it's so I, relatable because she'll be making something. She's like, I don't know why I'm supposed to do this, but I'm just doing it. Or she'll like dump flour in the bowl and it spills everywhere or, you know, like all these little things happen. And that's what cooking is like for all of us. And I think, yeah, I get in my head sometimes and think like, oh, it's got to turn out perfectly because it's seems like it should be good or it's a recipe or whatever. And, um, or it looked good. Yeah. Or it's, it's going to be, and then something happened and you cooked it for five minutes too long and, and it's not as good as it was. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be fine. Like what's the worst thing they have to do? Order pizza or order something and cereal or eat cereal. And that's okay. (laughs) Yep. It's good to give ourselves and our friends that that space to not be perfect all the time. And to, it's okay to eat crappy food sometimes. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes that's the only way and that's okay. <laughs> yep. Okay, so next question. Let's talk a little bit about um, favorite cooking or meal hacks. Do you have anything that you found that like makes life a lot easier that you always in- incorporate or want to incorporate more of? Oh, um, shoot. Uh, I'm kind of drawing a blank on some of those. I, I mean, I like using like, I don't know. I like using rice or like, I like it when things I can put something in a crock pot or in like in a rice cooker and, or in, even in the oven. And like, while I'm doing more of the like heavy prep foods, like that you have to do in a a skillet or something like Mm -hmm. on the stove, I like having something else going. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, it has, you know, it has 30 minutes, but I have, then I can utilize all of that time that that is cooking that I don't have to be attending to it to be then focusing on a different part of the meal. Um, I try to do that with a lot of my cooking. Um, Yeah, or um, there was a, so, okay, with me doing two entrees a week, I don't often cook both of them the first night Mm -hmm. um, just because I want them to still be like, I can eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll normally split them up by like a day or two. Um, and then there had been this one week that it was the second meal was going to be like have a lot of vegetables in it. And I had already been cutting up stuff for the for the first meal. And so I just got out a big bowl and like did all of the prep mm-hmm. the, for that second meal because I was already doing the prep for this first one. And so it didn't add much time that day. But then like cooking with that, that second that second meal, I was like, this is fantastic. Like just getting to put that in. I felt so organized. Um, and that kind of cut down on, on stuff, just having it prepped and ready to be cooked. Um, cause I don't know about you, but when I look at a recipe and it says, okay, this is the prep time. This is the cook time. Like, you liar. Like yeah. it never <laughs> takes me that little time. Like it always just goes like above and beyond. And, but that time it didn't. So that was fun. Good. Yeah. I, that's something that I do too. And it's such, it's so, so helpful because a, you're able to do it while you're already spending time cooking. So it's like within that plan and that could potentially allow you to like not have to prep ahead of time. Uh-huh. I mean, you're technically still doing it, but instead of taking time, like uh, t- taking time to do it over the weekend or taking hours to do it at one point, you can just chop a little bit extra while you're already doing something else or while you're like 
yeah, maybe cut up extra onions when you're cutting up some for tonight's dinner and then you can have mm -hmm. it for later or yeah, use that time that something's in the oven or whatever. And that way you can have less to have to do later. It's, it makes a huge difference. I like that you brought that up. Thanks. Makes things a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let me think. Oh, this is a question that I haven't asked in a bit. What do you usually do while you're eating your meals? Do you eat with somebody? Do you watch or listen or read? What do you do? Um, I guess it kind of depends on the day. Um, mm -hmm. if I've had a really like really long, busy day at work, then a lot of times I will like watch a show yeah. during it just for like decompressing time. Um, or like I have a roommate who I love getting to talk with and she works really long days too. Um, and our schedules are a little off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when, when she's home and I'm home, like then that is, that's something I really enjoy doing too, is just, yeah, getting to talk with her while, while I eat. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think, I mean, cause for a lot of people, you know, they look forward more to being able to eat with others and that's yeah. not always the, like you're not always able to do that, but take advantage yeah. of it while you can. And especially if you live with somebody else that you get along with, that's a great yeah. excuse. And I think on the other end too, I hear this a lot and I definitely feel it sometimes too, but we kind of have this expectation like, oh, I shouldn't distract myself while I'm eating. But let me tell you, sitting in a dark house, you <laughs> know, by yourself eating something, even if it's really good, is really depressing. <laughs> Yeah. And in the winter, it's getting dark so early, so it's going to be pitch black outside. And so having, you know, a show or a movie or, I don't know, or a podcast or a book to listen to or to read is can make a big difference between looking forward to dinner and not at all and just wanting it to be over. Yeah, so, no, I'm right there with you. So, And especially if you're exhausted, like you don't want to put forth any other effort and watching TV is a good way to do uh, that. Well, especially when you've made something that's like, in the winter, like when you make something that's hot and good and a comfort food, mm -hmm. then like wrapping up in your blanket on the couch and turning on a show is just like, I, I just love it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we're good. It's, it's so nice. So with that said, is there, are there any shows that you're watching right now that you really like? I think this is always a fun question. Okay. Mo it makes me so mad when my shows end. Oh um, no. Or, yeah, or when you've binged to the point that like you've caught up on them. Yeah. Um, Okay, I have a celebrity crush on. Do you, have you ever heard of JJ Field? Yeah, he, I, I have to look him up. I'm trying to remember. Okay. He, like he's one of those guys where he's like he's attractive, but then he smiles, and I'm like, you are an adorable human, and I just love you. <laughs> and yeah, and it didn't help that like I so I seen my first movie with him while I'm on this internship with ten other girls in like Europe where we are not allowed to talk to any boys. And so now there's this beautiful man who is smiling and is in this like Jane Austen movie. And I'm like, Oh, you are beautiful and wonderful. I was going to say, is that Austen land? No, <laughs> oh. no, 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 it was Northanger Abbey. But then, um, oh. like my family knows I just love him. And so I went to see Austen land actually with my aunt and the whole time we're sitting there, like when he would come on, like I would just like hit her like, like Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> She'll like if I'm uh, if we haven't talked in a while. She'll just send me like a meme or like a gift that has him in it, like smiling, and I'm like, "You got me, thank you, very nice." <laughs> That's all I need, um, <laughs> right? I'm like so good. Um, oh gosh, why was I telling you the story? 
Um, what is what so? Your... Is there something of his that you watched recently? Oh my gosh! What was your original? Oh yes, that was the thing. Shows the or show. whatever you're watching. <laughs> so so Nora. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, really I get fine. caught up in stories. Um, you're okay. Originally, like he normally does a lot of like even Austin Land is kind of a take on an Austin thing. So he mm-hmm. a lot of times will do period stuff, right? Yeah. But there was this medical show, which I'm a physical therapist, so I enjoy. I I enjoy medical shows, especially when I'm like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It gives me this odd sense of pride. Um, But anyway, so there's this new, there's this show called New Amsterdam. Okay. um, And it's mainly a show about like the, the medical doctors, but he was playing a physical therapist. Like. I was so excited. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. It's like my favorite, my favorite person. And he's like playing a role in my profession and they address him as doctor, which like now, like we, we go and we get doctorates. And so technically I am one, but I don't normally have that title used. Like people don't call me that. Um, and so I was like, oh my goodness, what is this show? <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> like just everything was just aligning That's and I amazing. was so pumped. Yeah. And then, so I like, but he, he wasn't coming in until season two. And so yeah. I had to binge my way through season one to get ready for this. Yeah. You want to know what's happening. Oh, that's so yes. fun. <laughs> yeah. And then, so like first two episodes and then he goes on vacation, which I'm like, JJ, what are you doing? Yeah. No, and don't then, leave me. I know. And then he comes back. And and uh, would you mind spoilers? Yeah, that's because fine. I'm very upset. Okay, then one of the doctors, um, she gets addicted to pain pills, and so she is going in for the surgery and needs someone else to help her. And he's her PT, and so she trusts him, and so she asks him to like help her manage her pain meds, and he steals them. <gasps> no, I was so disappointed in JJ. I couldn't even handle it. So now I can't watch the show anymore because <laughs> I spent this whole time so excited about him and now he is a drug stealing pt and he broke my heart oh no he let you down he did and i spent so much time to get there (laughs) but yeah so anyway that was my most recent show experience and it obviously just ended with my heart just on the floor in shambles (laughs) you can you can never you can never go back shoot so rough i know (laughs) how dare he why would he do that I know. It's like, you can't be a good guy. Like, you were a good guy in everything else. Let's go. Oh, no. Oh, that's super funny. Well, it's fun to hear people's favorite shows because um, it's good to know of other options, like things to watch and that you know are going to be good. So I love that. Yeah, just don't go into it really wanting to watch him because you will be sorely disappointed. Dang it. So that's about it. Is there anything else that you didn't get a chance to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No. Thank you so much for talking with me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it really has. Thanks so much for talking with me. All right. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. Continue the conversation over in the Table for One Facebook group. Find recipes or work with me over at nourishnutritionblog.com. Or actually, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram at nourishnutrico. And you can click the link in my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.